And this is Bourbon Wine and True Crime, a podcast where three hardworking but lazy friends sit down once a week to drink together virtually and discuss true crime. Hello, ladies. Hello. Why, hello. Hello. I feel personally attacked by I, your descriptors once again. And I feel so seen. <laughs> I feel seen. I feel so seen. <laughs> I want to be lazy, but yet it doesn't work that way. Your brain's I'm not, not wired anxiety. Just... I'm just collecting potential energy. Ooh. Oh, See? that's clever. Hey, that. hashtag science jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have a special guest with me today because Sawyer went to a friend's house recently and they were doing crafts and he came home with this. I just love it. It's so <laughs> cute. Her name is Tentachloe. <laughs> <laughs> She she makes me really happy. That's your next tattoo. And what I love is, so my friend, I guess, uh, nudged him in the direction of making this one. Uh Because she knows, like, Uh pink and tentacled, probably going to be a fan. So for for the listeners, not on YouTube, it's a pink octopus made out of pipe cleaners with googly eyes. It's so cute. She's so cute. (laughs) Anyway. So uh, I was instructed that I had to, he's like, I'm going to put it in your office, put it on your pencil. And I was like, (laughs) okay, I will. So aggressive. Tenta Chloe is on my pencil. I, I have had her all day. So she's gorgeous she's gorgeous love love tend to chloe that's awesome <laughs> anyway well, we are we did share a couple of the little interrupter stories before we started recording and we were laughing pretty hard about that little man so now oh. you guys get to laugh <clears throat> mm-hmm. oh we all laugh oh, oh that's not oh. nice oh. well um what's not nice is going to be what we're discussing today or I guess it's nice depending on how creepy you are how many urges what are we what are we talking about today so this may be a case that you all are recently familiar with because there was indeed a mini series made about it in very recent times and if you've been listening to us for a long time this is also something that I very briefly covered probably a year and a half ago mm-hmm. I think yeah or a little bit longer but we ladies and gentlemen are going to be discussing the watcher Ooh. of New Jersey oh. I this- purposely stayed away from this docuseries because I didn't want to like bring it all back to my brain because I knew you were going to cover this again so So, it's very fresh to me I don't remember a lot of details well you guys are very much you've always been like true crime junkies I have been more of a creepy pasta kind of person are you familiar Mm -hmm. with creepy pasta I love creepy pasta so you know, like just weird and creepy stories, not necessarily true, but they could be. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy about this particular case is that 
it is true, but it leaves enough creepy pasta nonsense to where it's uh, it intrigued me. Is it? A, it's a true story. It is a true story. Okay. Pasta. Yes. I'm so. Hungry. <clears throat> For those of you that have not done additional research and have only seen the Netflix series, the true story is a little bit different, and that's what I will be covering today, but I'll explain some of the, the differences between the two as well. But we are going to be starting in very recent times, if you guys are ready to go. Ready, ready. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, what are, are we going to let's, let's just for, if you're just joining us, welcome. If you're a continued listener, thank you so much to our fan base of 10. Yes. But what are we drinking? Oh, <laughs> I'm drinking shameful things that is, um, well, you guys know this one. So I'm drinking my signature fizzy wine. <laughs> awesome. Which is that, um, artificially sweetened zero sugar you know peach stuff mixed with bad red wine so that's what it. i'm drinking currently i currently like have sangria faux sangria i currently have a box of red wine in my fridge which i know is blasphemy but i'm yes. drinking my vodka 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 and I am drinking, well, I have a little bit left. I uh, I started off with a, a glass of wine, but a little bit of Pinot Grigio. You're like an entire glass of tequila, just like a, a pint of well, tequila. All, okay, so all, and to be fair, all my wine glasses are dirty. I don't know why. Mm. Um, I don't know why. Hmm, huh. So, so I had these highball glasses and I was like, that'll work. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, AJ, <laughs> when you're like, I have just a little glass. And I was like, is that tequila? I just have is a small Small shot. Un, un poco loco. Oh, just oh, really. No, I do have, I do have a Coke Zero for, for backup. So okay. no, no okay. poco loco. No, no poco no, loco. This is, right. this is wine. I swear to God. I just, my, all my wine glasses are mysteriously mm-hmm. dirty. Somebody must come in here and drink wine all day long. Every day. And I, I don't bizarre. know what You don't, you don't Who use your that? wine glasses. Who, that's that's a case in itself. That? Who, what is creepy person is coming into your house, drinking think, your wine and dirtying and, your mm-hmm, wine and glasses. dirtying all my wine glasses? So that's rude. That's, that's the story, and I'm sticking rude. To <laughs> well, but I'm glad we're still on brand. Yeah, we're wine very on and brand. Vodka. <laughs> Not mess. Here we come. Wine okay. and vodka. <laughs> so um, it, we are actually going to be starting in recent times, which is June of 2014. So less than 10 <laughs> years ago. That's not recent. That's totally recent. I, I, shush. I was listening to a song yesterday where I was like, this is pretty new. And it was from 2006 and it was not new. So that was good. So 2014 is recent. It hurts just a little bit. It hurts a little bit. We're going from there. I feel so, like if it's within 10 years, you can say in the recent. 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 Like, yeah, 10 years, I think is the cutoff. All right. So in June of 2014, a man named Derek Brodus, his wife Maria, and their three children, aged five, eight, and 10, had just moved into a new house in Westfield, New Jersey. And let me clarify they had not fully moved in, but they had bought the place and they were starting to move things in. Um, they were getting ready to go. And there was a little bit of work that needed to be done to the house. So they had begun renovations. So 
as they're there, they are checking on the renovations. They have set up their utilities. They're getting ready to go. They go to check the mail and there's not much in there because they just are moving in. So there were a few bills and an unexpected white card shaped envelope. And it was in thick, unfamiliar, slightly old fashioned handwriting addressed to the new owner. And this was the typed note inside. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. And as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see that you've already flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Are there more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with the young blood that I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard every day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by every day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. They're not even Science, moved in yet? The Watcher. Oh, that was all one letter? That was one letter. And then they're, they're so not living there yet. They are, they've just bought it. It is three days later. That's a they, lot to process. They received this handwritten letter and obviously they are terrified. Yeah. So Derek, the, the father, he immediately called the Westfield Police Department. He was asked a, a lot of questions like, you know, do you have enemies? Do you know th who this could have been? Um, do you have anyone that would have played pranks on you? But they could not find any origin for where this would have happened from someone he knew. I love how like people will say some batshit insane things like that. And the police are like, you have enemies. Does, does somebody think this is a joke? Is it this a, is funny? No, bitch, this isn't a prank. This is You're funny. funny. Look <laughs> at you. They counted your children. They, yeah. So they contacted the previous owners, which was uh, were a couple named the Woods. They had actually received a similar note from the watcher a few days before moving out, but had received absolutely nothing in the previous 23 years that they lived there. And when they received the note, they discounted it as a prank and they threw it away. So nothing more was to come from the investigation with the Woodses, but the Brodises were scared and immediately suspicious of their new neighbors. Mm -hmm. And they spent the next weeks on high alert every time they were around the house. They were staying in a nearby hotel during the renovations, but they received additional letters when they checked the mail. 
this is another. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time they will. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in each bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher, and I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. Ooh. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you too are, Brodus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what bought, brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy move-in day. You know I will be watching. Signed, The Watcher. I'm going to go ahead and board up every fucking window in that house. Like, hey, contractors, yeah. you're already here. Just go ahead and get. Yeah, just get- if you want to just cover everything with cement and burn <laughs> it also. I'm all put that for sale sign back up and I'm out. No, thank you. That's two letters like that. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah, I don't want none no. of it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Again, nope. because the renovations were going on and because they were terrified now, they didn't stop in as frequently. So the letters kept continuing. Another one read. Where have you gone to? I hate you so much. 657 Boulevard is missing you. The town that the Brodesses had moved into was idyllic in essentially every other way, mostly filled with wealthy families and missing any crime. The street they moved on to in the town was one of the most desirable. There had been a bit of a bidding war when they were buying the house, so they thought that potentially the watcher could be a competitor who had bid for the house and lost. But further investigation into the families who had bid showed nothing nefarious. They had bought other houses. They were happy. There was nothing in their background to indicate this was going on. The letters indicated that they came from nearby because they were processed in a distribution center in northern New Jersey. And what was really creepy about the detail that was involved in these letters is the renovations they were doing were not immediately obvious on the outside. And some of the details noted in in the notes would have been difficult for a normal passerby to see. You would have had to have very creepy, extraordinary angles to see a lot of the details that were noticed. Or an internal view. Mm -hmm. Or an internal view. Or maybe he just, you know, I'm picturing an older person for some reason. If he walks past and the contractors are kind of milling about, like, oh, what are you guys doing? Like, oh, we're redoing, you know, this, that, the other inside, just not thinking anything's off but like no idea like no clue who this is Mm -hmm. how they're seeing these things uh and so again as said before they were a little bit suspicious of their new neighbors partially because they didn't know them and some of their neighbors were a little odd 
one of their neighbors, Peggy Langford, she just came across as strange. So she was in her 90s and she had several adult children living with her that were in their 60s. But even though they investigated and interviewed them, there was no evidence that she or they were involved. They talked about one of her sons, Michael, as being a little bit Boo Radley-esque. So just like a, a little bit off, mm-hmm. um, like potentially some mental delay. But other than seeming a little strange, he actually would just normally do kind things. I just got that reference. Yeah. Take a, All right. Uh, that just hit uh, me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so yeah, the police did some interviews with the family. They turned up with nothing. And at this point, because of their fear, the Brodises began to become frustrated. And Derek began to become angry with the police, often verbally lashing out. He started to become paranoid and would set up webcams and hide in the dark for hours overnight, waiting and watching and hoping to catch something. Sounds reasonable. But never did. They hired a private investigator who staked out the neighborhood and ran background checks, all to no avail. They even reached out to a previous FBI agent who um, the the guy from Silence of the Lambs was based off of. So it was this guy, Mm -hmm. like really famous guy. And this guy noticed some interesting things about the letters. So it wasn't enough to pinpoint anybody, but he noticed that they included a lot of old fashioned habits. So a couple examples, instead of putting Mr. and Mrs. or the first and last name, they would put M slash M, which was an old way of addressing. Hmm. And the salutations of the letters often included comments about the weather. Apparently that Mm -hmm. was a normal thing to like comment on if it was sunny or expecting rain or whatever in the way you began your letters. Okay. And I kind of like that. Now I I want to just like start all of my emails. Start start your texting like balmy 70. M slash M. It's rather drizzly. And as I gaze out the... Mm -hmm. The, the pain watching the, <laughs> it watching it drip down listening to my chemical romance I often wonder yes oh so like side note I was laughing uh yesterday when we were recording because AJ you were talking about what happened at your school and you're like we were outside it was 42 degrees and yeah. we were freezing and I it's like cold looked at my watch and I was like it is currently 17 degrees here yeah we were it's, dying. It sounds like you're telling time by what, like, how cold it is. You're like, well, boy, look, look at the time. It's 17 degrees. Gotta, <laughs> gotta run. <laughs> gotta so, run. So cold. 17 degrees is miserable. That's, that's uninhabitable. That's, that's not, no. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. You it's, start to lose the ability to figure out if it's 17 or 37. Like they don't, they just start to feel. They all feel the same. The same. But this but okay, we've talked about this that I think as much as as much crap as you give us, Randy, our range is the same as yours because we can be perfectly comfortable at 115 degrees. That nope. is true. I was just gonna so, say, if you put me in anything over 70, I mm-hmm. am the biggest asshole. 
Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything. Don't look at me. Don't talk. We're, we're not. Leaving. Oh, no. We've got we're, like a, everybody's got a 60 degree comfort range. Ours, ours starts at 115. Ours, goes, ours starts at 115. Yes. <laughs> In our bikinis outside for hours. Love it. No, if it's team. anything over a hundred, I'm golem in the corner Making hissing. Pokemon balls. Nope. I'm hissing at anyone that wants me to go outside. <laughs> okay. Okay, AJ. Thank you. <laughs> I end up with a lot of really ridiculous stand lines regularly. And thank you. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> best. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> All right. Sorry. We okay. digress. Okay. Um, okay. So okay so they're looking at the letters they're noticing these sort of odd things about them including the salutations about the weather and there were also a fair amount of typos and errors where it would say the date which would include the day of the week and the day of the week would be wrong um so just like small things there were and and there were a lot of typos even though they noted that the watcher appeared to be well read because they were fairly Mm -hmm. verbose in the way that they wrote Mm-hmm. so unclear and the watcher continued to send more letters mostly upset about the renovations one of the letters read the house is crying from all the pain it is going through you have changed it and made it so fancy you are stealing its history it cries for the past and what used to be in the time when i roamed its halls the 1960s were a good time for 657 bull. Like, but roamed its halls does does not indicate that they ever lived there. Yeah. That they were roaming the halls. Nope. But as a if you were investigating this, wouldn't that immediately tip you off to just to see who lived there in the past? You would who, think, right? Like immediately investigate that history and go from there. Start would, there. Here's would a property, great starting point. Would property records go back that far? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, and then you could find birth and death certificates, and you mm-hmm. could, you could, as long as if you started there, you'd get a lot of information. So, no idea, but yeah. So this guy's like roaming the halls. I'm like, that's not creepy at all. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room, imagining the life with the rich occupants there, which indicates he did not live there. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Don't love that. The house was full of life and young blood. How many times can you say young blood? Oh, okay. I was thinking that when you were talking earlier, when he was referencing the children, that to me, that sounds so dehumanizing the way he's right. talking about the young, like it's a, an object. Then I, got... I kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit. It's gross. I hate it. It is. It's gross. Then it got old and so did my father, but he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. I'm so sorry. I hate it so much. I you ever get that feeling in like your jaw when you're about to throw up where it tingles? Mm-hmm. That's what I just got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, without further suspects, they continued to be suspicious of the odd Langfords who were the, you know, the neighbors that were just a bit odd, but quite further questioning and prompting to the point where they started to complain about harassment continued to real reveal nothing. So there was no indication that they were involved, that they were just kind of weird. Other red herrings included two sex offenders in the neighborhood and a neighbor who was seen 
keeping their lawn chairs facing the Brodus's house at all times, which didn't make sense for the view that was available. Mm-hmm. But they still didn't find anything definitive about them. Uh, at this point, they were running out of options and they had a priest bless the house. Then they installed the I mean, the there's nothing system. I could do. There's nothing I can do. That line literally works everywhere. Ah, yeah. father, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> uh, so they installed an alarm system. And in these few months that had passed, because it had only been a few months of time, they still hadn't moved into the house, and now they were afraid to. Mm-hmm. They continued to receive more letters. 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Come yet the let the young blood play again like I once did. Yet the let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. At this point, they stalled the move in further. Good, good call. Mm-hmm. Good call. And they went to live with Maria's parents. Six months in after they had received the initial letter, they decided to sell. They hadn't even moved in, right? They had not even moved in at this point. But as you can imagine, people in that kind of a town talk. And so rumors ran rampant about the house, about why it stood empty, even though they had not disclosed the letters to anybody and the police hadn't talked to anybody about the letters either. But, you know, people were suspicious. And so that made the sale really difficult. Mm. The few bids that they did receive came in significantly under asking, and they were unwilling to disclose the letters unless they had a serious buyer. Mm -hmm. So six months after attempting to sell, they finally ended up filing a legal complaint against the previous owners for not disclosing that initial letter that they had received. So they stalled the move-in, which I think is reasonable. And they went to live with, oh, okay, we, we talked about that. Yeah, so they went mm-hmm. to live with Maria's parents. Um, and then they, six months later, they decided to sell. But again, rumors ran rampant. It made the sale really, really difficult. And the only bids they received came in significantly under asking. They had not shared the letters with anybody, but people were so suspicious that they were, uh, even though it was a very desirable house, they were unwilling to bid at full price. Um, and then six months after that, they filed a legal complaint against the Woodses, the previous owners. The legal complaint, even though it was filed you know, confidentially as, as one is, a news reporter came across it. And the legal complaint had some snippets from some of the letters. So the Brodises suddenly found themselves flooded with hundreds of media requests. And in light of the fact that their children were so young and they were trying to be protective, they decided to not speak publicly about any of the things that happened at all. 
So there's, again, like it, it hasn't even been that much time. It's been about a year at this point and they can't sell the house. They don't want to move into it. They're living with Maria's parents and the police force, I think, I think sometimes in these cases, it can get a bad rap, like, oh, they're not trying. But I think this was particularly difficult to solve. They didn't have a lot to go on. Mm -hmm. And as as we know, the police force does not always have unlimited resources to dedicate like the entire force to figuring out one case. So, well, and I'm sure they had other things on their plate other than just some letters. You know, there's other very serious priorities ahead of that. So it's like, okay, you've got some letters. What do you want us to do? Yeah. So they're there. And like they, they did investigate and they did do interviews and they did do all these things. It just kept revealing nothing. So um, at this point, a little while later, they, this guy named Baron Cambly, who was a veteran detective on the force, ended up taking over the case. And he took a little bit of a different tack, which doesn't seem that extraordinary, but apparently it hadn't been done before, is he started looking into DNA. Okay, that, that kind of tracks, you know, you're, you're kind of in this golden age of DNA in 2014, like it's like really hyper-focused on mm -hmm. DNA. Mm -hmm. So um, after, after he started investigating from the DNA angle, he found that the DNA on the envelopes belonged to a woman. Ew. Shut up. Yeah. What? Yeah. No. Oh. No. Mm -hmm. No. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the DNA Why is that so much worse? It really Why? is. Why? Why is that like a million times more offensive? And like- the the letters are targeting the kids. Yeah, young blood and because it like up to this point, did you have any doubt that it was a man? No, zero doubts. Mm -hmm. Because women don't do, statistically speaking, women don't do crazy shit for no reason. It's for profit. No, not or, like this. What was not the, to this no, degree? There's no like. What's the point behind it? Okay. Oh, I'm upset. So. Uh, yeah, so they, oh, where, wait, I lost it, lost it. Okay, there it is. All right, um, so they found DNA in the envelopes that belonged to a woman, and, you know, they, they kept being suspicious of the Langfords that were, you know, over there, and, I, like, at this point, I felt like it was a little, it was a little bit much, like, they're just kind of weird. Mm -hmm. There wasn't yeah. any reason for them to suspect them, but like she was a woman again, though, didn't okay. match, didn't work. And so um, they did some additional investigation and they found that another family on the boulevard had gotten a similar note around the same time that they had gotten their initial note, mm -hmm. and, but they didn't continue to receive letters. So it's a lot of these like, ah, and then it doesn't go anywhere. So the third thing they found but as they were have additional physical evidence, if it had been reported, you would have yeah. another, but it wasn't, of... I know. Okay. it wasn't. So they were watching the house. They're trying to figure out what's going on. 
At one point, the detective saw a car stop suspiciously in front of the house and was able to Unless it's an Uber or a DoorDash, any car that stops slowly in front of a house is suspicious. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, okay, I'm sorry, this was 2014. My bad. This was 2014. They had Ubers in 2014 didn't they but i mean like deliveries like uber eats like doordash like instacart like unless you're getting a delivery a a car should not be slowing down in front of your house yeah and it like stopped for quite a while like that is not no like that's creepy no you don't even answer your doorbell they they traced this car back to a woman whose boyfriend played a very disturbing video game i didn't find which one but some sort of like kind of sadistic disturbing video game using the name the watcher get out yeah you guys are going to be even more mad about what happens next it's not him so so (laughs) they they attempted to interview him multiple times but he didn't show up and then that was that for (laughs) that guy that was it that was like oh he missed his appointment there's nothing i could do there's nothing i I guess that's not him i slept through my alarm there's nothing i could do so like again they kept being like maybe it's this and nothing and maybe it's this and something and there was never anything that was really founded for them to be able to pin it on any of these suspicious people and part of the rumors that had swirled around were it was looking at how much they they had bought the house for versus the house that they had moved from. So the house they moved into was six bedrooms. It was like the nicest boulevard that existed in this very wealthy town. And people were asking the questions of how does somebody go from a $300,000 house to a $1.3 million house in 10 years when the market wasn't hopping that much. And when they, you know, when they refinance, are they making all of this up because they're trying to get out of a bad investment decision? So a lot of speculation on whether or not any of this was even true. Mm. Um, So in spring of 2016, still as the owners of the house. (laughs) Have they moved in? Nope. Oh. They, um, they put 657 back on the market, hoping that there might be interest at this point as a novelty because the letters were known, people knew the story, and they actually had well-attended open houses, and they they spent hours researching all of the people that came in, being like, you know, is this a watcher, comparing handwriting, but every single time that someone expressed interest or put a bid in, they backed out. And it was after they would disclose the letters, people would read them, they'd get freaked out, and every single person backed out of their bid. So at this point, they were hoping to maybe sell the house to a developer who could just ground the whole thing, put something else on there. Um, But there was a planning board that needed to be involved because of the type of city that it was in, neighborhood Mm -hmm. it was in. um, And it ended up where they were not allowed to do that. So finally, if they they had enough money, they'd be allowed. No, there it is. So after the planning board's decision, finally, the Brodus's got a little bit of hope. A family with 
grown children and two big dogs had agreed to rent the house from them. And the renter said that they were not worried about the watcher. And uh, there was um, an agreement made between the renters and the Brodises saying that if another letter showed up, they would be allowed out of the lease. Hmm. Fair. Then uh, they, I guess they, they had had some issues with squirrels in the roof. So Derek had gone. It was squirrels the whole time. That's who was involved. But <laughs> just their I, little squirrel calls. I, I am the watcher. <laughs> M slash M. So I guess yeah. I guess when Derek went to go deal with it, the renter handed him a letter. It was a short one that had just arrived in the same handwriting as before. Okay, hold on. I have a point of clarification. So a while ago, it was that there was typos. So that's like telling me like there was a a typed letter or like a printed letter. But now you're saying it's handwritten. Um, I believe I I should know. So were all of them handwritten? I think they were all computer generated. So I think it just was misspellings. Okay. Okay, so grammatical. Yeah, mostly grammatical like, errors. I can't spell or I, I have zero gr- grammar ability to save my life. My poor students are like, Miss, you know, you, this, you, so I get it. Like, it's yeah. a, it's a struggle, but okay. So it's more like, it's more, well, just that's even better because if you are even like tracking misspellings and grammar mistakes and you're using, they were using handwriting, handwriting analysis. Yeah damn like Mm -hmm. you could figure out a lot of shit on that so the letter that had arrived while the renter was there said violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife Maria I know you did not go there yeah sir sir then that's when you know it's a fucking man because he's like your wench of a woman wench of a wife oh Um, no that's so no other woman would say that so at this point the brodises are not ever fearful that you know they're going to get attacked or something but they they're still dealing with a lot of the after effects and the fear that they lived through and um, they do ha- continue to have tenants at 657, but the rent doesn't cover the mortgage. And the kids have dealt with a lot at school because everybody knows the story. And um, they've been accused of being con artists. So not only did they go through this traumatic experience, but there are a lot of people who have chosen to not believe them. And this beautiful suburban life that they had tried to live out ended up being impossible because of the things that they had gone through. Didn't didn't they do a handwriting analysis on the Burtis family and it didn't compare or it didn't match up with the notes? It didn't. It didn't. And so, but what is absolutely crazy about so of course with the Netflix series, they tried to like make things match up a lot more because that's better for television right but what i really loved about this is we have no idea who this is what happened we know nothing other than 
what you've heard. So you're yeah. telling me that there is no end to this story. No, there's not. There, this is an open unsolved this is case. An open unsolved I fucking case. hate you right now. I, I love thought you had an ending. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. I'm so no. in this, in the show though, they really tried to make it where it was very obviously tied to this other person who had lived in the neighborhood, this guy named John Graff, who was based off of a real person named John List who was a Westfield resident who killed his wife, mother, and children in 1971 and then was gone for 18 years. I thought the name sounded familiar. Yeah, so he was a real person. He lived in that neighborhood. He committed these horrible crimes. Um, The real person, John List, he moved to Virginia and was remarried, and he was caught after an episode of America's Most Wanted aired with a, a projection of what he would look like then. He was caught because of the show. Yeah. But but not for this particular case. He was caught for the crimes of murdering his family. And while in the show, they really tried to tie John List and the Brodus family close together, the, the timelines really do not overlap very much. And they the, the guy lived two miles away from 657 Boulevard. So they're really, there's not a lot of correlation other than there was a killer that lived in this neighborhood at some point. I wonder if in that house at some point, <laughs> but no, it sounds like it was a child that lived there and maybe his parents were like the servants or the maids or the housekeepers or whatever. And he had, or they had a dream of living there and they just got more and more angry as people kept moving in. Yeah. And so the craziest part and the thing that's going to make AJ crazy is that we don't know. And that's the part that I love about that's the part why that I loved about this case from the beginning is that truth is creepier than fiction. Do they still get letters now? The renters? Um, the last letter that I read about was um, the one that mentioned the violent winds and bitter cold. But we don't know. And that, ladies, is the story of The Watcher. Thanks, I hate it. (laughs) You've got touch DNA. You've got handwriting analysis. You've got an address. You've got contextual clues. You have language clues. And these police still can't scrape together something or rather from New Jersey in this little teeny tiny little pocket of a town? AJ. There's nothing they could do. There's nothing I can do. Because, <laughs> I mean, all the DNA stuff depends on them being in a system somewhere. Mm-hmm. But now we have genetic genealogy, and trust me, we'll get to it. But if any one of their relatives had ever swabbed their cheek and Girl, like, sent it in. They're not doing all that work and money for threatening letters. Oh, uh, that's so. Oh. And, and the case is it's not considered active. It's not closed, but it's, it's not being not worked. Active. So okay, we so we nothing. need to put a pin in this one and have a Google alert set up yeah. for this case because I'm telling you, they're going to find something that is, I'm, it's okay. like, oh, well, this is an audio medium. Obviously we're a podcast, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you find your podcast, but you can also find us on YouTube as a visual medium. So raise your hand if you have been a victim or a uh, target of stalking. It was like stalking light. Still stalking. Diet stalking. They just broke into my house the one time. Yeah, that seems fine. So 
Um, there's a systematic problem here. Yeah. And it's, it's really gross and I'm very angry. It's not great. Do you remember when, Sunny, when you were stalked, like, through the convention, like, while you're on a break trying to eat, like, yes. nachos all the way back to the booth, and you're, like, like you Love go back. Love getting filmed oh, by strangers. It's my And you're, thing. like, Ew. just, like, open in public mm-hmm. in front of everybody, and this person is sending letters through the cloak of, like, nothingness. I think it's just one of those things where I had an issue with my soldier and her husband who's also a soldier and it was you can't go to her house he's at the house you can't talk to her he's and it's he keeps like violating all these boundaries and all these orders and i was losing my shit because i was like he's going to the house and he's he's not supposed to be at the house at all he's going to the house he's knocking on the door he's sending pictures at the front of the house to her and my chain of command was just like he's not doing anything harmful it's fine and i was like if she ends up dead i'm not overreacting and that's how I feel like a lot of this stuff is like with the case with the watcher, it's like, it's just letters, but then the family, somebody ends up hurt and it's, oh, we had all these precursors and all these signs. Yeah. That you fucking ignored. I, I, like the, oh God, it's just like, yeah. The, so, you know, yeah. so many so, things to say. I can't but say I, them like, all right now. I don't have time. Me, that's another episode. You know, this makes me happy though, because I like how weird it is. And it's you need help. Way, it's way better that we have <laughs> no because like I was like oh and then you know the, the Scooby Doo it was the guy who runs the water slide like I it's we don't know yeah well and I hope that just like Carly Martinez I hope that just by us talking about it talking the truth about it the truth Kate the true case yes yeah, true case. you know not the fictionalized stuff but just like the facts about the case that who somebody might hear it somebody might see it somebody might say something can you can no. you imagine in like five, 10, 20 years, somebody's going through their grandparents' attic to like clean out and the house they and they, they find like draft letters like, oh, it was Nana. It was Nana's. Get out of here. <laughs> I I think it's interesting because nobody got hurt, like physically hurt. That family had to have suffered emotionally, but they got out. Severe trauma. I feel like they're gonna be able, hopefully they can recoup some of their losses with the the Netflix thing. It's still so creepy. It's very creepy. Don't don't target kids. Don't be a dick. No, don't be a dick. Don't be an asshole. But yeah, that's that's the lesson. Don't be an asshole. Don't be be a dick. Don't be an asshole. (laughs) Don't be either one of those appendages. But you guys, this is my first like one case where it wasn't with other stuff. So I'm very. (laughs) You did such a great job, Sunny. (gasps) Ah, thanks. Snaps. Yay. Well, love you. Thanks for riding with us through that roller coaster of a. That was horrific. That was so fucking creepy. We should have did that one for spooky season. That was so weird. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to. Everything got all caught up. So. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Um, you can email us at bourbon wine and true crime at yahoo.com. Please leave Thank us you. a nice review. Tell all of your friends about how amazing and likable we are and and if you have any comments or questions or topics you'd like us to talk about let us know mm-hmm. yes. yes until next time bye